Welcome to the season finale of No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today we have a special guest. This person was on episode 106, Breaking the Barriers. If you didn't listen to it, you might want to go back and listen to it before we get into this conversation. But if you did, you're in for a treat. The person I'm talking about is Craig Hannah. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing well, doing well. Hey, welcome back. Oh, thanks. Hey, good to be here. I want to give the people a little background. Originally, we were just going to do this pod and do part one and leave the for part two for next season. But I had such an overwhelming response to people asking, what happened? What's going on with Craig? People even Googling Craig. Did you know that? <laughs> so um, without further ado, we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, if you remember, we uh, spoke, we were talking about how Craig was walking down the hall of a school at Hobart, and the coach was with a recruit. And as the coach walked by, he told the recruit and his parent that, hey, you see that guy over there? He's not normally what we, you know, pick up for college players. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it was a little bit harsh to correct and probably correct me on that. Uh, and he felt like an outlier at the school, and the coach didn't want the coach's staff didn't want him there. So we're going to start off with that, and you take it from there, correct? So what happened from that standpoint on? Well, this had been going on for two years. I had repeatedly gone into the office and asked for a recruit. Every other teammate had a recruit. I did not ever receive a recruit at Hobart College. I repeatedly asked, and every time it was, oh, I forgot, oh, this. So I thought about it at home. It just was a decision-making moment for me that it was time to move elsewhere because being at this school was so important to the kids back at home that we established lacrosse all throughout the inner city with programs such as Winners Lacrosse that my coach, my high school coach, headed up. And I was at the forefront of all this at the time. You know, it was a major moment in my decision-making. However, I did not know how to act. So at that point, you want out. Let's be honest. You don't want to be at Hobart anymore. They don't want you there. What's the whole process of trying to transfer? What did you have to do to try to transfer out of school? Well, made a few errors at first. Um, explain. Please explain so people can understand their, their kids are ever in this situation. I told my dad and... My dad thought that he could trust certain people, and he made a call. But people don't understand that in lacrosse, it's a circle. So there were people that were connected to the coaches there. They were connected to my coaches at home. They found out. They scolded me. How dare you? How, how could you ever even think about you know, all this, all this opportunity that you have here at this school? And when the coach found out, you know, they all decided to sit me down and tell me, you know, you know, that they want me here and I have a future here. But, you know, I had already seen how things were going. The kids, they were playing over me and it just I knew that this was not it. The, the, the major issue with what my grandfather said and what people were saying was just wait it out and wait the process out, which I was in my sophomore year. 
And this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is as good as it gets. You can't just let them take what you worked your whole life for. I have done everything for this sport, and I can't be the head of the face of all these programs and not play. How could I not play? How could I not be a part of the team? How could I not be on the field? It, it, it wasn't going to work for me because when I go home and I'm on the team and they don't play me, what do you think the kids said to me? No. What's going on, Craig? I, and, you know, I couldn't say anything. So this would go back. So you were thinking about the whole picture. The big of, picture. Uh, and picture of kids looking up to you. Absolutely. Because you did start the lacrosse program at Carroll. I helped start the lacrosse program at Carroll. We also helped take lacrosse sticks, helmets, gloves to the feeder schools. Um, we brought we brought stuff to the YMCA's, everything around the District of Columbia and throughout Prince George County. Too. So you had a lot of people counting on you. Oh, they were coming to the games and I wasn't even suited up. Okay, so from this standpoint, dad talked to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. He could fight it in the wrong people. Yep. What happens next? After I got scolded, that's when I started strategically planning. And I didn't talk to my parents about it at first. Again, um, I sat a lot of time to think because I wasn't actively playing. I was still on the team. but So this is still sophomore year? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's ironic. We had a game against Syracuse. And I decided, you know, I'll be there. So I went. You know, I was still on the team. I was not suited up. Um, I was going through some injuries at the time. So I was just like, well, this is a good opportunity just to watch some lacrosse and get my mind right. So uh, I watched the game. I remember growing up watching Syracuse. It was just, you know, reminding me of that. And that's when I made my decision. So what was the process of you getting to Syracuse University? How Whoa. did you even – how, how did – because well, it's still a little bit different from today's game with the portal and transferring is like whoa. very easy. Explain that. How, how hard oh, was it to get ooh, into Syracuse? Ooh. Well, because I knew what situation I was working with and what type of people I was dealing with, that, I, well, A, I couldn't tell anybody, not even my roommate, my best friends, because if that got out, it'd be over. You don't know what they would say to the next coach. They act like they won't badmouth you, and then they do. They say, we'll help you transfer if you don't like it here. So I knew that I couldn't, I wouldn't have any help. And I knew that even people that would be in my corner would question the move because you're going to, a, at the time, a top 25 team that's going to the playoffs, trying to transfer to the number one school. Now, you weren't playing. You played as a freshman, but you didn't play as a sophomore on this team. So what right do you have and what what would tell you that you should go to the number one school at the time, the national champion? Because I knew the rules, I did a little homework. I knew that hey, I couldn't talk to no coaches. Well, you can't. I'm on the team. So I decided on my weekends to, you know, think about how I was going to do it. I would travel up to Syracuse because that's the only place I wanted to go for Couple of reasons. I love Syracuse. I love the coaches there. I loved how they played. But the main thing, also, there was no ties to anybody back home in in in, in the circles that I was trying to avoid. 
Okay, so Syracuse. Mm-hmm. When I think of give people a background if they don't know about Syracuse lacrosse, and just I went to Syracuse from '99 to '03. I re I remember about the Powell brothers, mm-hmm. the Gates. Mm-hmm. There's so many other names I can name out. I remember my freshman year in 1999, they won the national championship in lacrosse. So I have a lot of love for the lacrosse team and the lacrosse guys. So imagine going from top 25 to number one school where lacrosse is king. Mm-hmm. How did you get in? Oh, okay. So this is middle of season. I'm traveling to Syracuse every week and they play a home game. I'm studying their plays. I'm watching films on them. So, you know, I had to keep a straight face at school because, remember, these are the same people that would sit there and try to say, well, he's just a bad guy and we don't want to play him, you know, right now and he's got to focus on this. I First thing I did was keep my grades as high as they could just to make that process smoother. Um, it was a lot of... You know, trying to keep my sanity. My parents were there for me, but they didn't understand the whole, you know, I'm thinking about down the road, could I sleep at night if I didn't make it? And my only story was, well, they were they were hating. They 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 didn't they didn't like me, so that's just why I didn't play. So I wanted to go big and I I knew I could. They they would have said at the time, yeah, right, you know. <laughs> How could you even think that you would get there? So basically, I just waited them out. I didn't say nothing. So when did you, how'd you contact Syracuse? How'd you- okay, so the the championships that year were in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> Lucky for me, I was home. I went home. After we had lost in the playoffs at Hobart, I went home. I knew I was never returning. I had, I had enough. Enough was enough. It was you know, so when I got home, I decided to go to the Final Four. I went to all the games. I watched everybody play from UVA to everybody, you know. And Navy, I had friends on the Navy squad, so I was real excited. I waited till after the game, after Syracuse won. I walked to the parking lot and found their tailgate. I then walked up to the coach and said, Congratulations on your win, and I'll be talking to you soon. That was I didn't even tell him my name. Okay, so at that point, uh-huh. talk to the coach, uh-huh. and how does the whole process go from there to get into to communicate with Syracuse? I mean, you're still at, you're still enrolled at home. Oh yeah, and I'm an athlete, and you're athlete, right? So how does this even work? Oh, so it's really touchy. You got to be quick. I knew I had to be as quick as possible. Now, mind you, we're doing the short version. This is. Months and months, I've been waiting for this one moment. Okay. To season to end. Once season end, then because I knew, you know, I could kind of send the paperwork in. I called the administrator for the athletic department and said, send my transfer papers, send my, my, my information to Syracuse. That's the first thing. You have to be allowed and be granted permission by the athletic director. Okay. So I, I mean, I, he had to sign it off, so he signed off on it. But I just didn't want to leave them a window to be able to start making calls and start saying stuff about me or whatever they were going to do. Okay. So he he signed off on it. I, of course, I got immediate calls from the old coach, but you know, I called coach 
on Monday. I called him immediately. I called him. Left a message, nobody picked up. I finally got in contact with the assistant coach. I told him, I told him, hey, my name is Craig. I played against you guys before. I started as a freshman. I didn't play this last year because I redshirted. I have good grades. And I just want a new opportunity at a larger school in a more urban setting. And I left it at that. I left everything out for a reason. I did not make it about everything that was going on and everything you know that had happened. I made it about, I'm looking for a new opportunity. Okay, so once it all t- transpired, you ended up at Syracuse after that? Or? Yeah, so I had to fill out regular forms. I had to fill out regular paperwork. Luckily, um, you know, my paper, my papers have been signed did by they, the FLAC director. Did they have a scholarship Hope. left for you at Syracuse? That's the other question. Huh? Did they have a scholarship left for you at Syracuse? Not a typical Syracuse, but I had I had packages that made up for the same thing. So okay. it's the same thing at any school. So okay. I was covered. So yeah. you were covered. Okay. Not, not going in there. I took a risk because they don't know. They just saying, okay, you can play, but how good you play determines what package you're going to get. You're not just, they're not just going to offer you a full ride and you just transferring in. They, they don't even have film on me at this point because I figured that, you know, would they care? They didn't care. It was a rival anyway. So why would they want to hear what that coach had to say about me? They'll see me. So at that point, you got your paperwork taken care of. Mm-hmm. Everybody had turned my back, had turned their back on me at this point. They didn't think I. They were like, what? He's going where? So at this point, but your school's done though at this point. Mm-hmm. And so basically, had he heard anybody from Hobart at this point? Any of your old roommates? Any of your old friends? I would say loosely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he said once once the rumor got out, the coach had called me, and you know, did he bad mouth or did he? Say, oh. No, he couldn't. He wasn't going to do that. He just said, I, I don't understand. You know, you know, just keep in contact. Let me know what you decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, I'll let you know. So. So, okay. So that's the summer. Mm-hmm. You're in the Syracuse. You got in. Well, the summer I'm training like, you no, know, because essentially it's a tryout. Okay. Even though I'm going to be on the team, he's not going to just, you know, unless I just, you know, don't do well at all, which wasn't going to happen. I was going to go in there. Whatever, you know, I was I did have some ailments at the time that I needed to rehab and stuff like that. But I got my stuff. I mean, I trained every day, 90 degree weather. It didn't matter. My grandfather's out there throwing lacrosse balls to me in the backyard. Trust me, I was shooting 100 shots a day. Wow. And what about the people back at home and, you know, from your high school? Did they know that you're transferring at this point still at this point? Um, After I had transferred, of course, the word got out with the circle. So people at home, of course... You know, it depends on who they were. You know, the kids that I, you know, that I taught how to play or played with me were all about it. That was the biggest move. I mean, they were so happy. They were so happy. Um, this is huge. This was this is this was bigger than big, you know. This was you know, I, I came up to my high school just smiling, just working out every day, just so happy. Um, but the biggest part was seeing this through because this is a, this was a dream anyway, so it just took me a different route to get there. Now, what would you say about you going with adversity with this right now? You don't know going to a situation that's a great college, great lacrosse program, 
you bet on yourself. Bet. What's, I mean, what's going through your mind at this point? I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to the first practice with these guys. What's, what's going on? Ooh, wow. Like, what's going through your mind as mm-hmm. a as a person? I mean, going through my mind, just so many emotions even coming through me right now. I, I have been training for this. Forget the summer. I have been training from for this since we played against them in the Carrier Dome. You know, I was on the sidelines. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in khakis. So, I'm watching. So, I had been training for this for so long that, I mean, the first practice, it was just, I still had the Hobart helmet. And I put tape over the H. And I remember the coach had kind of said something that kind of threw me for a, a nervous feeling. Let me give you the exact story. So, he said, and I quote, and I'm already in the school. I'm already in classes. I'm on the team. We've already had meetings, but it's still a tryout. Everybody is a tryout. I don't care if you're on a scholarship. You are trying out. So he says, what position are you trying out for? And my heart dropped. And I just told him I play attack and midi, you know, you know, whatever, whatever you need, you know. And I was so nervous, you know, I kind of dropped a few balls in just the, the warm-up line. But then we did a little scrimmage. I got the ball the first time. I took it to the rack and scored. And he pulled me aside right then and there. This is the coach, head coach. And he says, you can go into the locker room. You need to take that helmet off and go get you a Syracuse helmet. Wow. That's um, <laughs> that's true story. I left practice. That's um, <laughs> it's pretty powerful to hear that. That wow, that, that's that's a powerful story right there. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, but I wasn't finished with that. Um, throughout the fall ball, we had a couple cancellations due to weather, and I kept training, kept training, kept training, and we ended up having some home scrimmages versus teams we were going to play away, and I was the leading scorer in fall ball. So, you know, crowds going crazy, people going. I had old friends coming up from other schools that were up here. And um, I remember the coach asked me, he says, he said, Craig, we need to sit down and talk. And I said, okay, sure. What, what's up? He says, come to the office sometime. You know, season's over as far, you know, until regular season starts. So you just be working out and hanging out with your teammates as much as you can. But uh, he, he asked me to come into the office. And he was serious, you know. Sure. So I... Mosey thought in there maybe on like a Wednesday, you know, like after like two o'clock, you know, I figured things would be settled down. So I, okay, hey coach. And he calls the other coach, the assistant coach in. So it's the two of them. I'm like, uh oh, what's going on? My grades are good. I just scored. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I got pulled out of the game in the second quarter. So I'm all right, you know, I, I'm going to make this team. And he asked me, he says, Craig, you never even told us why you came here like we don't even know the the story and i was like you know i you know i gave y'all the short version i just want a new opportunity but i told them you know i told them everything and they 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 said well you 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 part of us now so let it you know what's very important about that statement right there is and it's part of life i want people to understand you don't burn your bridges mm-hmm because you kept your head down, you left on a good note. The coaches at Hobart couldn't say you said anything negative to them. No, because you didn't. 
He walked away with her head up high. I said, thank you, but it's time for me to move on. So many people nowadays, they want to light a match and burn the whole house down. And to understand, like, those coaches probably appreciate that you didn't do that route. Because they, mm. they, they probably had an idea, but they probably didn't want to, they really wanted you to come and say it and find out what was really going on. But they were mm. thankful at the end of the day. Mm. So I, it's just, I think it's a life lesson for people. You know, understand your audience. Understand what you're trying to do going forward. Because you can burn some bridges and you don't know who knows who. There's no second chances. Do you understand? Know. I knew where I was coming from. I, 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 I understand that. I understand that when I look at the lacrosse team, Sure, okay, yeah. How many black guys on the team that at Syracuse that year? That year, there was one other, but most other years were zero, and there was zero at Hobart, and then one my sophomore year. So, how was the coaching staff as far as treating you at Syracuse that time? As far versus as, Hobart, yes. Oh, it was completely different, you know. It was about it's exactly only thing I had been asking for was a fair shake, and whether they Love me, like me. They did like me. But even if they didn't, I figured that because they're a winning school, it's a business situation. That's all I wanted. I'm not asking for anybody to be my best friend. I want a fair shake. If I can play on the top two lines at the number one school, but not even get on the field at a top 25 school, do you think it was racially motivated? I think it's just a combination of things. I think that because I didn't go to a top tier school, it wouldn't look so bad on them that I wasn't starting, even though they used me to start as a freshman because they needed my athleticism. But when they started getting their recruits, when they started getting their recruits, it you know, I, it's a lot of things. I wasn't going to be called this and that. And I did speak out on that. So what was the, um, when you were up there, pretty diverse campus, not too bad Syracuse. Right, correct. So you had more people that you could, you know, people came probably from your hometown. A lot of people from my hometown, a lot of football players, a lot of people from the area, the DMV. So I was able to hang with them. I still made sure I went to see like teammates, but... I really, it was such a business trip for me. People, I don't think people can understand. I, I was on business. You know, you asked me, did I have fun? I had the time of my life playing lacrosse. Did I go out and uh, party? Sometimes. But the, it's a business trip. And if you don't treat it like a business trip, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, you know, that that's what it was for me. I was on a mission to play, to be on TV, to play. So these kids could see that. It will work. You don't have to just, there's not just football and basketball. There's other sports that will give you an opportunity to go to a top tier school to get an education and you can still play. So I could not fail them. So, it was bigger than me. So what would you say to your younger self right now? To every, what would you say to your younger self looking back at the whole process? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a question. Give me, give me a couple points. Give me a couple points. What would you say to your younger self? I couldn't change even a thing. I mean, just believe. You know, don't don't falsely believe. I'm saying believe in what you can do. I I knew it would have been a long shot to play at Syracuse, but trust me, it it, it happened. You know, it it it. it 
all the hard work did pay off in the end. And what do you say to younger kids who are going through adversity right now, looking to go to college, or if they're even in college right now, they're not feeling it, they want to transfer? Like, what, 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 I mean, every situation is different, but what are some uh, advice that you would give to kids going forward nowadays? Rule, rule, rule number one, bury your head in the books. Keep your grades up. Keep you gotta you, you can't just say I'm looking for a new opportunity. The first question the coach asked me before he said how fast you were was, so how's your grades? <laughs> Got you there. A's and B's. Oh, well then you're definitely gonna be able to transfer, so that's not gonna be an issue. Now we can figure out if you can play. We'll see you when you get here. And I knew that that would be the only school that wouldn't go calling around because they could, they there's no there's no connection there. They they don't they're not high school friends. They don't hang at the same golf courses and stuff like that. So I figured this is <laughs> that's the only place I had. I I, I really felt my, my back was against the wall. Got you. So you say grades are the most important thing. Mm -hmm. You had in the books and perfect your craft. I mean, I did was did I go to? There was a lake up there. Um, Cayuga Lake, I think, or something like that. Geneva, Cayuga, yeah, Lake, yeah. And I would go every day. My parents knew this. I would go every day and just sit there and think. And besides doing work in the library and making sure I had A's and B's, just like I had the whole time, but making sure they stayed on track no matter how depressed I got. I hit the I hit the wall the ball against the wall every day. I worked out as much as I could with an injury. I did my rehab. I did whatever I had to do. Because I know that eventually, come August, whether I got into Syracuse or to another school, it was going to be a put up or shut up moment. And I'm telling you, I was not shutting up. And what was your, what did your grandfather say after you got into Syracuse? Oh man, and what was his what was the reaction after he had gave you you know some advice going a different route? Uh -huh. what, what was his advice? What did he say? Oh, uh, well, first thing I had to give him credit because he he really he was all about it. He when I got home, he was out there in that yard in 90 degree weather throwing the ball to me. He's a basketball player. He's 6 foot 5, you know. He's throwing the ball down to me just, you know, just so I could get a different trajectory. And, you know, he was out there every day, so he was all about it and he came up to the games. He was so happy. So happy to see all, you know, Big crowds and, you know, TV, ESPN, all that, you know. He was just like, you earned this one. You earned this one. Yeah. That's that's a beautiful thing. And after playing a couple of years at Syracuse, where did you end up doing now? Did you play lacrosse anywhere else or were you done lacrosse for us? So I, um, I wasn't sure how it was working, but uh, by junior year, I got a lot of notoriety. Um I knew there were some pro teams interested, um, San Francisco Dragons, blah, blah, blah. So at the time, the pro lacrosse league was reducing from, I don't know, was it 10 teams to six? So spots were, you know, you were used to people playing in a different city, even coast to coast at the time. So I really wasn't sure, even though the teams I was talking about were in California. Um, I had some teammates that were playing on it, and I had some connections, so I figured I could go. And uh, I just, I just literally just started training for that. And you know, after senior year, they at the time they draft during season, which was not it was pretty problematic for kids because 
you're you're sitting there in season and you you're trying to figure out what you're doing or you know so um i didn't initially get picked up and i was just like you know kind of bummed about it and then i did get an opportunity well i got a couple opportunities um locally with the uh bayhawks and uh boston cannons and essentially it comes down to travel so they all want you to be local and they all want you to do this and do that but you know at the time it just wasn't the right thing for me but yeah so this no it's a beautiful story and um the last great part of this well for me um and this is why i held up on taping this mm -hmm. is that i was honored to go with a couple friends um garrett who was in an earlier pod emily who was in the earlier pod also we were fortunate enough to um Surprise, Craig, and show up to his Carroll High School Hall of Fame induction. And it was a beautiful moment because we were sitting there and we were proud of a friend that started a lacrosse program at his school and it was a standing ovation for this young man. I'm looking across here. And we were all proud of it. And you want to go a little bit, talk a little bit about how that moment felt for you and, you know, when they called your name to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at your high school in Washington, D.C.? Well, I guess I start with the phone call from my father notifying me that I was um, going to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I was just like, it was just a, a, a lot of emotions going through my head and just how thankful I was that things did work out the way they did and um just excited to actually get back at to the school and you know see some familiar faces and you know I, I said to my dad I said I'm just I'm just you know I'm glad this is closure to my story you know that's a beautiful thing and folks do you have anything else to say to the pod before we uh sign off I just thank everybody for listening yeah. all right well again folks thank you for listening to No Picks After Dark Podcast. I want to thank the people who are on the podcast this season, giving your stories and giving the great human interest stories to people out there who things are going on in their lives that, you know what, it's kind of cool that somebody's talking about some things that can help them out going down the road. I'd like to thank the producers, Stephanie for helping me out, Four Stacks, appreciate you editing, making sure everything was tight. Uh, I'd like to thank Why My Single podcast. Those are some cool ass girls. Check their podcasts out. You know, they, uh, they're they rocking. I'd also like to thank Northeast Baltimore for promoting and, you know, always giving me a shout out on Instagram. I'd like to give you a shout out to my wife for putting up with my new hobby. It's a beautiful thing. Larissa, appreciate you. Especially, I uh, want to thank, give a shout out also to everybody who has listened. And without you guys, I wouldn't be on here. And I'm going to keep on doing it for the crowd and for the people who enjoy these podcasts. And I really, really feel like this is going on some great places. And without further ado, the no picks is going to sign off. But next season's around the corner. California Dreaming. We've already taped that. And uh, it should be a delightful one. And tape in season three 
has already started rock and rolling. I'm out. <laughs>